Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 3 through 5. 1 John chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Amen. First John chapter 5, starting with verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Verse 4, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Going back to verse 4, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. I want to preach to us here for the next few moments on how to be an overcomer. How to be an overcomer. Let's ask the Lord to bless the remainder of this service. Lord Jesus, we love you, God, and we are so thankful for your presence that we feel here today. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy that you have poured out upon us, God, and the opportunity that we have, God, to live for you, to do your word, or to do your will, Lord, and to receive your word into our lives, God. Amen. You uh, have given us your your truth. Amen. And it is your truth that will set man free. And today, Lord, we need to overcome. Amen. There are battles, there are situations, there are sins that we have in our lives, God. And you have called us to overcome them. And so I ask you, Lord, to help us here today to receive what you have for us, God. To not just hear the word, but we need to be doers of your word, God. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you all of the praise because you are worthy. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. How to be an overcomer. Amen. In our world, not just in North America, but all over the world, there has become a, a movement, a societal effort to try to help people to overcome the problems that they have in life that seem to limit them from reaching their potential. And you can see the result of this effort by our our government, by our community, by churches, by organizations, by the institution of programming or programs. Amen. There are thousands of help or self-help programs in the United States and uh, and throughout this world. Even in our little uh, uh, country of Eswatini, we have many groups that are there to help people to overcome whatever it is, whether it be addiction or money problems or, or uh, 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 psychiatrists that deal with anxieties or counselors that help with problems in the family and in the, in the, uh, and, and in the marriage. And all of these programs, uh, it's, a, it's a supply and demand. And, and, and you see that the more, the older this world gets, amen, the, the, the better it's not going to get. Amen. As a matter of fact, the more we are here or the longer we are here on, on this earth, the more problems we're going to have and the more heartache and the more trouble and the, the further away this world will drift from a righteous life. And when that happens, there's a demand for, for help. And I think that this is a good thing. And uh, you look at even like a group that's probably the most well known would be the AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. 
And their whole mission, their whole goal is to help people overcome the problem of alcoholism. And, and, uh, I, and there, but there are countless other, other organizations like that, and they all kind of have the same idea or concept. And I think it's a good thing because uh, uh, they're realizing this need of overcoming problems. And the concept they have is, is good. It's that we cannot overcome these situations by ourselves. We need someone to interact with. We need someone to bring accountability into our life. We need someone to share or unload our burdens to. So in a way, they have almost the right concept, but unfortunately, they have the wrong who. Amen. Because uh, the more heartache, the more trouble, the more addictions, the more... Uh, terrible life uh, uh, situations that we can encounter in this world. The truth is, and I'm not against programs, but the truth is we do not need any more programs. What we need is some more Jesus. Amen. We need the one who is a deliverer. We need the one who can set at liberty those that are captive. Amen. We need someone who can change somebody. Amen. And not just put a band-aid on a situation, but who can heal Amen. Healing is more than just physical, but there is spiritual healing that can come from our God. And he loves us. And he is the supplier of all of our needs. Amen. And so as this world gets older and the more problems that we face, we have to realize that we cannot overcome by ourselves, but we need him. We've got to have him. Amen. Thank you for singing the song where it said, lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and it will be he, it will be God, it will be our master, the one who knows all that will direct our path. Amen. In Judges chapter 7, Gideon uh, um, was, and the army of Israel was camped at the well of Herod and they were waiting for God to send them into battle against the Midianites. And uh, God spoke to Gideon, and uh, he did not tell him go into battle, but what he said is this. He said, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, mine own hand hath saved me. Now, this is interesting. Amen. I'm going to give you the Jonathan Parker translation of this scripture. Amen. But what God did is he spoke to Gideon. And he told him, your army, your military is too great and too powerful. You have too many people in your military. Your army is too great. And you cannot go into battle and you cannot fight the Midianites. And the reason is because if you go in and you defeat the Midianites, you will take all of the credit, you will receive all of the glory, and you will say the reason why we are victorious today is because my own hand hath saved me. And God was wanting Israel, and he was wanting the army of Israel, and he was wanting Gideon to realize that victory does not come from within ourselves. Amen. That we cannot be victorious by our own hand. Amen. Our victory does not come through our own might. Amen. It does not come through our own abilities. It does not come through our own self-righteousness. Amen. Which is basically filthy rags. Amen. But when we rely on Him, He will deliver us. When we rely on Him, He will bring us out. When we rely on Him, He will cause us to have or experience victory in our lives. 
And so he said, there are too many. Tell everyone who's afraid to depart. Go home. We don't want you here. So 22,000 soldiers left, leaving only 10,000 remain. Still too many, God said. Go down to the river. We're going to try them there. And so God spoke to Gideon. He said, those that uh, uh, lap of the water of the, of the, of the stream uh, like a dog with their tongue, set them by themselves. And those that bow down upon their knees to drink, you're going to separate them into two groups. And there it was 300 men who lapped the water with their tongue as a dog would lap, leaving 9,700 men who bowed down upon their knees to drink. And God said, it will be by the 300 will I save you. It will be by the 300 men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hands. So let all the other people go to their own place. Listen to how they go into battle. As far as we know, they didn't even bring their swords. We don't know if they had their shields and their bows and arrows and their spears. All we do know is that in one hand they held a trumpet and in the other hand they held a torch that they had lit on fire and then they covered it with a pitcher. Amen. And these 300 men and Gideon went to the rim of the valley where the Midianites camped and they completely surrounded that valley. And when everyone was in their proper place, the word was given, we're ready. They began to blow on their trumpets. They broke the pitcher. They let their light shine. And they also began to shout out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That was their battle plans. I don't think President Biden is going over this with his cabinet with the Ukraine and Russia right now. He's probably asleep by now. Amen. Amen. My wife gave me the eye. Move on. Amen. That was their battle plans. Something happened down there in the valley of the Midianites. And man, they, they didn't know what was going on. They just saw fire and shouting and trumpets. They thought they were under attack, so they drew out their swords. And they began to charge at the people who were in front of them. And it happened to be their fellow soldier from the tent across from them. And the armies of the Midianite, the army of the Midianite, down there in the valley, began to war against themselves, and they utterly killed themselves without ever one Israelite lifting up a hand in the battle. Amen. You know what the Israelites could not do? They could not go back to their home and say, guess what? The reason why we defeated the Midianites is because I am so skillful with a sword. Not one Israelite could say the reason why we are victorious is because of my superior battle tactics. I am a general and I am good at those things. Not one Israelite could say it's because I am so accurate with a bow and arrow. But the only thing they could say is it's not my own hand that has saved me. But I am here because God is with me. And if God is with me, then who can be against me? It's not by my own might. It's not by my own power. And we can overcome. But it is not my own hand that has saved me. But I am here today by His Spirit. Amen. Amen. So many times in our relationship with God, we struggle because we want control. We want victory in ourselves, but that, you know, that's why I'm sure your pastor uh, preaches a lot and he'll even tell us that we need to surrender. 
Amen. You've heard that millions of times in a Pentecostal church. You have to surrender. Why are we saying that? As a preacher standing behind a pulpit, what we are doing is saying it's not your hand. Amen. It's not in your power. It's not in your hand that you are saved, but you have to let God take control. Amen. You got to let him fight your battles. You got to rely on him because when our, in our weakness, his strength is perfected. Amen. When, when we rely on him, he pulls us out of this world. When we rely on him, he delivers us. Amen. It's not my own hand that has saved me, but we are here because of who he is. Amen, it is God who is rich in mercy. Amen, even when we were dead in sin, he hath quickened us to ma- and together with Christ. By grace are we saved. He hath raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places. In Christ, it's not my hand that has saved me. But we are set free by our God. Amen. Revelation chapter 12, John is seeing a vision in heaven. And it's a beautiful, beautiful scripture, as all scripture is, I guess. Amen. But he's seeing this vision in heaven. In verse 10, he said, I, hear, I heard a loud voice in heaven. I heard this loud voice, and this is what was happening. Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. So in this vision, uh, uh, John is seeing the, the completion of salvation. Amen. I, 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 we, 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 there's going to be a day where there's going to be no more temptation in our lives. Amen. We'll be in heaven in eternity with him. Amen. And there, there will be no falling away of us. Amen. We're saved. Amen. We're, we're delivered once we walk through those pearly gates. There's no more sin, no more temptation, no more tears, no more death. There's no more, no more attacks from Satan. And so what he is seeing is the very completion of the salvation work. And he says that uh, in this vision, he says, the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. It's talking about Satan. Amen. He is the accuser of the brethren. Amen. Just look at the book of Job and you'll understand how Satan works and operates. He is an accuser of the brethren. Amen. And he, the Bible even says that he accused them before God day and night. Amen. Job wasn't just a one-time experience for Satan. Amen. He's probably up there talking about you right now. Amen. I don't know, but he could be. Amen. He is the accuser of the brethren. Amen. And, and, but here we're seeing the completion of, Satan, uh, of salvation. Satan is cast down, rendering him powerless. No more ability to, to seek and destroy that who may let him devour them. Uh, he, 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 he has been cast down, rendered powerless. And, but he said in this vision that he saw people, you know, that there was a brethren. Who is he talking about? Who are these individuals that Satan would accuse before God day and night. Who are these people who will be in heaven with him in eternity? Verse 11 of chapter 12 of, of Revelation tells us. It says that they are people who are labeled as overcomers. These are people who overcame everything. The trials of this world. The temptations of this world. The accuser of the brethren. They overcame their own fleshly desires and lust. And Thankfully, the Bible tells us exactly how they overcame. The Bible tells us that they overcame him, Satan, by the blood 
of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. And because of this, they were willing to go to uh, and die for their, uh, uh, their, for the cause of Christ. They loved not their lives unto death. They were willing to become martyrs for Christ because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Amen. This is how we overcome today. Amen. I'm thankful that we have a Bible that is plain. It's not a mystery here today. Amen. How we overcome our problems we face in life. Amen. It's as simple as we need the blood of the Lamb and we need the word of our testimony. Amen. You see, ever since Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, blood has become a requirement for our lives. Amen. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin or the things that we deserve for our sin is death. So once sin entered into this world through Adam, death entered into this world. And the only way to uh, overcome or to cover this problem of sin is there has to be death. That is why in the Old Testament, sacrifice is emphasized so much. Because they understood that if God was going to forgive them, something had to die. The wages of sin is death. Amen. They would take that lamb to the altar or to the high priest. And the high priest would offer that lamb as an atonement for their sins. And the next year they would have to come back and repeat the process over and over and over again. Now once we reach the New Testament, it is important for us to understand that the message does not change. The wages of sin is still death. Death is still a requirement in the New Testament. Blood is still a requirement in the New Testament. But there is one thing that does change when we come to the New Testament, and that is the actual sacrifice. It is neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but it is by His own blood. He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Amen. The Bible tells us that he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works church it is not my own hand that has saved me but I am here because once I was lost and he died for me and paid the price for my salvation Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's in whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. It's not my own hand that has saved me, but it's because He redeemed us that we can experience everlasting life. Amen. Redemption is the purchase back of something that has been lost. Amen. That's... Not a long definition of redemption, but there's even a shorter one, which is my favorite, and that is the price has been paid. Four words, the price has been paid. That's redemption. So imagine with me, I'm going to give you my, my own definition that I, 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 it was explained to me this way and it has changed my life. Amen. Uh, so we're, I'm going to help us to really understand exactly what Christ did with, through, through, through his death. Amen. Burial and resurrection. We'll put it all together there. Amen. Redemption. The purchase back of something that has been lost. So imagine with me we are 
in a courtroom. And there is a trial that is taking place. And the trial is mankind breaking the laws of God. Now God, he is our righteous judge. Amen. He, he has his judicial robe on. He's sitting up there on the judgment seat. And he is overseeing this court. This trial. Mankind is on trial for their sins against the laws of God. And so the prosecutor, the accuser of the brethren, Satan himself, gets up and he goes over and tells the jury and tells their judge all of the sins that each and every one of us in this room have ever committed. The jury goes out to the deliberation room. I'm sure it was quick, and they come back. What is, what, juror number one, how have you found? How, what, what's, what's the verdict here, the judge says. And juror number one says, we have found mankind guilty on all counts, for all have sinned, and all have come short of your glory, God. They all have brought, broken the law. Everyone, every one of us. So what happens? We were found guilty. What happens to someone who's found guilty? They are now sentenced. There is a penalty. There is a, a price that must must be paid. And what is the penalty for someone who is found guilty for their crimes against the laws of God? The wages of sin is death. And so not only were we all found guilty for our crimes against God, but then we were all given the death penalty. Amen. We, we were given the penalty of death over our lives. And as we're in this courtroom and this proceeding is going on and, and it's all taking place and we're sentenced to death, something happens on that throne room of grace. Amen. Where our righteous judge is. Amen. He was moved with compassion upon his creation because of his love and his desire to have us with him. And so our judge got up off of his judicial off the judgment seat, he took off his judicial robe and he put on a different robe. Amen. He robed himself in flesh. He robed himself in something that can bleed. He robed himself in something that can physically hang on a cross. He robed himself in something that had lungs that could give up breath. Amen. And pass away. Amen. And so our judge became our sacrifice. He became our substitute. And he has redeemed us. See, I deserve death today, but he has paid the price. Amen. I deserve to be on the cross in Jerusalem today, but Jesus has paid the price. He has purchased us with his very own blood. And so once he did that, we now can overcome. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Amen. Aren't you thankful for this wonderful piece of furniture in the corner over here? Amen. Because when you are baptized in Jesus' name, it is for the removal, the complete removal of the sins from your lives. That's only possible, not by my own hand. But that's only possible because he died on Calvary and shed his blood. And because of that, he wipes from his memory our sins. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Please answer out loud. That'll help me. I teach a lot of Bible school, so you are my students. And I would like class participation. Amen. What can wash away my sins? A plus. Amen. You guys got it. You understand. 
amen, you understand what the blood of Christ does. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. For by cleansing this I see, it is nothing but the blood of Jesus. For by pardon this I plead, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all of my hope and my peace. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all of my righteousness. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, how precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. It's not my own hand. But there's no other fount I know. It is nothing but the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that covers our past mistakes. It is the blood of Jesus that preserves us so that we can be holy in his sight. And it is the blood that cleanses us from all iniquity. It is not my own hand that has saved me. But it is through the blood of the Lamb. Amen. But the Bible tells us it's not the blood of the lamb only, but it says through the word of your testimony. So let me explain. If you, first of all, let me say this. If, if, if you are here today and you have no testimony, you need to get one tonight. Amen. It's not too late. You can get your own testimony tonight. Amen. The testimony... It is simply the evidence or the proof of the existence of something. That's evidence, or, that, or that's a testimony. Amen. It's, it's, it's understanding what you have. Amen. What you have experienced. You see, this, this is not controversial, what I'm going to say here today. Amen. But Christ did not robe himself in flesh, live 30-some years on earth, die on the cross, buried in a grave, raised up again, ascended into heaven, so that we remain the same nasty creatures that we are. Amen. But he came so that we could have life. Amen. Not just any life, but a life more abundantly. Amen. And so a testimony is the evidence and the proof of the existence of something. Amen. If you, if there is no proof, if there is no evidence of a relationship with God, amen, in you, amen, then you need a testimony. You need to experience it. Amen. You shall know them by their fruits, the Bible says. And if you are an apple tree, you will produce apples. And if you are a child of God, you will bear God's fruit. It's a testimony. It is the evidence of what he has done. Amen. No, my wife and I, when we were in Bible school, all those many years ago, because it wasn't many years ago now. Amen, my word, I'm getting old. Amen. We, we went to Indiana Bible College, and one of the greatest, greatest assets of that was we got to sit underneath the ministry of Brother Paul Mooney for my wife four years, me three years. Just one of the greatest, greatest experiences anyone could have. To be able to listen not only to him on Sundays, but teach in the Bible school. Pour out himself into us. And, and if you've ever listened to Brother Mooney preach very often, you've heard him say the phrase, I know that I know that I know. He always says it in threes. I know that I know that I know. 
Amen. And, and, and sometimes it gets redundant. He'll say it many times. And, and different sermons he will come. And he will say that phrase over and over again. I know that I know that I know. But what Brother Mooney is doing in his sermons when he says that is whatever it is he's talking about, he knows so much that there is no, not even a hint of doubt in his mind. I know that I know that I know. See, church, how do we know that God is a healer of all manner of diseases and sicknesses? We know that because it's in the word. He is our great physician. He heals us. Amen. But today I know that I know that I know that he is a healer because he has healed me. I have a testimony. I have the evidence that God is a healer. How do I know that God is a deliverer? We know it because we can read about it in his word. But I know that I know that I know that he is a deliverer because he has delivered me. He has pulled me out of this world, out of the mire, and set my feet on a rock. How do I know? I think you've already caught on. But how do I know that God is still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh? We can read about it throughout the New Testament in the book of Acts and and even in the epistles references it so many times. We can read about it, but today I know that I know that I know that he is still pouring out his spirit because he has filled me with his spirit. June 8, 2000, and no devil in hell, no sinner in this world, not even a saint in this church could ever tell me that that experience is not real because I have a testimony. Not only do I have a testimony, but I am the testimony. I am the proof that God can change a sinner. And God can put his spirit into someone. Amen. You become the testament. You become the evidence of the liberating power of Jesus Christ. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's a testimony. It's the evidence. It's the proof. Amen. Amen. See, he did not, I said this, he did not die, uh, was buried, rose again, so that we remain the same. Amen. But there has to be evidence. There has to be a change. Uh, it's, it's not an accident that, that, that it says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. There's a testimony. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He came to give his life. Amen. And he rose again so that we could walk in newness of life. Not the same old life we've always walked. Amen. But a brand new life. Amen. He told Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. A new change. The earthly, the first birth, the uh, the physical birth is not good enough. Amen. But you need a spiritual transformation in your life that can only come through the blood of the Lamb. Our testimony of what God does only comes through his blood. He died so that we could have forgiveness of sins. He was buried so that we could have remission of sins. And he rose again so that we could be filled with his spirit and rise to walk in newness of life. It's evidence. It's proof. What is our testimony here today? I once was lost. Now I'm found. Once was blind. Now I see. I used to be carnally minded. I'm spiritually minded. I used to walk after the flesh. Now I walk after the spirit. I used to have a stony heart. Now I have a a heart of flesh. Amen. He has transformed me into a new creature where the old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. If you do not have a testimony, if you're going to overcome, you have to have the word of your testimony.
You have to have proof. Amen. Our first deputation, I'm going to come to a close here soon. Our first deputation, uh, I would say about six years ago, we were in East Texas, not too, really not too far away from here at all. And uh, we, were, we were staying in evangelist quarters somewhere out there in, in the middle of nowhere, East Texas, and a really small town, and they didn't have uh, a whole lot of options to eat. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm going to try to tell this quickly, but anyways. So we were staying in this little town for, I think, two weeks, and, and I think that they had maybe one or two restaurants. They had a Sonic. They had something else. Uh, no McDonald's. No, no variety. You know what I'm saying? Only had one restaurant. We were staying in the evangelist quarters. They didn't have a kitchen there. Uh, they had a microwave, and so we had to eat all of our meals out. And uh, after, I think we were there over a week, we kind of got tired of eating the same thing over and over and over again. And so my wife and I said, well, let's, let's, let's get out. Let's, let's explore. Let's go and try to find somewhere to go. And so uh, my wife jumped into our truck. We had a wonderful truck at that time that I miss dearly. Amen. And, um, and so she was driving and I got on my cell phone because that's what we do these days. So she's driving and we're headed towards Beaumont because Beaumont was the closest town in, or, you know, big city, whatever. It's not, you know what I'm saying, in the area. And so my wife and I, as we're driving towards Beaumont, we're about an hour away. Um, we decided, well, what do we want? What, what is it that we actually want to eat? And, and so as, as we do, we wanted pizza because it's the best thing that God has created. <laughs> Amen. Man should not live by bread alone. Put some marinara sauce on that. <laughs> Amen. I think that's Bible. Amen. I might be, might, might be a little bit off there. Amen. Your pastor is going to straighten everything out later. So we, we decide pizza. So what I do, I get my phone out and I get on Google and I search best pizza in Beaumont, Texas. Because I didn't want to just find anything. We were driving an hour. I wanted to find the best pizza. I wanted to find the best option that I could eat, that we could eat. And so we, while we're doing that, we're driving, you know, when you, you Google it and the list of, rep, of restaurants pop up. And then next to it is stars that show the ratings of the restaurants. And so we didn't, we, we didn't even pay attention to the two or three stars, you know. We wanted to find the best restaurant. So we found the one restaurant that had the highest number of stars and the most number of reviews. Because you know how it is. Yeah. You know, you, it's a five-star restaurant. It's only two reviews, and it's the owner and the owner's mother. So we found the highest number of stars and the most reviews, and I began to read some of those reviews. And wow, this is, this is it. I turned to my wife, I'm sure. It was six years ago, so I don't really remember everything. But I'm sure I turned to my wife and said, Honey, this is it. We have found it. The best pizza in all of Beaumont, Texas. Hallelujah, the Spirit of the Lord, you know. Well, you know what we did not do? We did not turn the car around and go back to the evangelist quarters and say, guess what? We found the best pizza. Let's celebrate. Let's put some popcorn in that microwave in the evangelist quarters. Let's pop that thing up. Let's put some ramen noodles in there. And then we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a party tonight because we have found the best pizza in all of Beaumont, Texas. No, we did not do that. But we kept driving. I put it in my GPS. I wanted to go there. And then I wanted to taste and see if that pizza was good. Right? And then why am I telling you this? 
Because there are countless numbers of individuals that read the reviews of everything that God can do in their life. And then he can save you. He can change your life. He can deliver you. He can heal you. He can do unbelievable, powerful things in your life. And every day and every week, they read the reviews of what God does, but they do not know for themselves. God doesn't want us to just read about him, but he wants to get our own testimony. He wants us to taste and see that he is good. He wants us to be able to write our own review and say, I have tasted, I have seen that the Lord, he is good. He has changed me. He has made me new. He has revolutionized my life. Amen. Amen. Remain standing with me. I'm coming to a close. It's the word, excuse me, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. See, if you have a testimony, amen, it doesn't matter who tells you. No, the Holy Ghost is not real. Or it's not available. Or the Holy Ghost was only for the 120 in the upper room. It doesn't matter who tells you that if you have a testimony. Amen. You can say, no, uh-uh, I have tasted. Amen. I have a testimony. I am the proof. I am the proof. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We give you glory. We give you honor, thanking you, God that we do not have to lean to our own understanding, God. It's not by my own hand that I am saved here today, but God, I overcome through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Thank you, God, for changing me. Thank you for making us new creatures in Christ Jesus where the old fleshly things and the flesh of our flesh are all passed away, God. Behold, all things can become new, Lord. We can overcome today, amen, because greater is you. Amen. You overcame the world and you have put your spirit in us and we can overcome this world. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you are doing here in this place. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, that we can experience life everlasting, that we can experience it more abundantly because of what you have done and what you have accomplished in our lives, God. Amen. These altars are open if you want to pray. And I'm going to turn this back over to somebody. Amen. But, but I, I want you to understand something you can overcome. Amen. You will overcome. Amen. But you have to understand it's not your own hand. Amen. But you need the blood and you need your own testimony. And so these altars are open. Amen. If you have overcome, you have some celebrating to do. And if you are not an overcomer, you can today because today is your day. Today is an overcoming day. Today is a day you can experience this, this change in your life. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Victory.